Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Friday, April 10th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my buddy here, Cole Shelton, to talk about the craziness that was this week in MMA, Cole. Probably one of the craziest weeks I've ever covered in MMA. So much going on, so many ups and downs. Ultimately, though, Dana White made the announcement yesterday that UFC 249 has been canceled. There's a lot to unpack here, obviously, Cole. I'll just start with uh, the cancellation itself. Honestly, Cole, no surprise for me, man. I, I was shocked it got to this point. I was surprised that it got this far where it really seemed like we were going to watch this card uh, next weekend. And the UFC seemed to have locked down a home in Tachi Palace. And it seemed like the card was going to take place, man. But apparently the heads at Disney and ESPN shut the idea down. Once the government got involved, it was just not a re- realistic thing to do. So... The UFC eventually did have to cancel it. It's obviously disappointing news to MMA fans. It's it's bad for us media. I just want to get your initial thoughts on then we'll break it down a little bit more. And we got some uh, fans in the chat room now. They're saying what's up and what's going on to all the fans listening. You guys can feel free to ask any questions at any time. We'll answer them for sure. just want to get your thoughts on the cancellation call. Go ahead. Yeah, when they announced Ferguson Gagey, I'm like, I think this car is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if the 25th was going to happen. I thought this might be a one and done because then right when – Right when I figured they might be able to do 18th and then people would figure out where they were just based off how the Octagon looked and all that. And then I thought once the location got out, I thought that was kind of the beginning of the end just because Dana White kind of predicted exactly. It was when the location gets out, people, the government's going to come after us. And that's exactly what happened. The California government basically said, you got to shut down. Dana White said, we'll keep on going. And then the government talked to Disney and ESPN and said, you got to shut them down. But I think Dana White was right the entire time is that's exactly why I never wanted the location out there because it was going to get canceled when the location was out. Oh, great point, Cole. It feels like after they kind of broke the news that they didn't break it, I guess uh, Jeff Sherwood, formerly of Sherdog.com, were being used to work, Cole. He actually broke the news. And then once the New York Times got the story, Cole, I think that's when it started going really downhill for Dana White. You're right. That's exactly probably why he didn't want to get the location out there. But You know, again, they were kind of trying to supersede the rules and and doing it on Indian tribal land where it was an unsanctioned event, although I think the ABC eventually did say they were going to sanction it. But uh, at the end of the day, Cole, the the car was canceled. And uh, like I said, okay, there's a lot to unpack here, Cole, obviously. For the UFC, it's bad because they wanted to have their event. They wanted their fighters to get fights. From what we're reading, I think ESPN is going to pay them whatever they they owed them for this event. So I don't think it's going to hurt them in that sense. But going forward, I mean, the next probably two months at least are going to be canceled, Cole. This is this is bad for the fighters, obviously, who had fights booked. They're not going to get paid. Dana White said that he's going to take care of the fighters that were supposed to fight next week. What does that even mean? You know, I've seen – I saw the Canadian Press article saying that Dana White announced they're paying the fighters. He never said that in that interview, Cole. He never said, I'm paying the guys their show money. He never said that once, Cole. He said, we're going to take care of them. What does that even mean? I know the London fighters did get some money. We have no idea how much money they got. We're assuming it was show money. We don't know. It's kind of stupid that MMA operates like this. Like, why is it not like the big sports? Dana White wants to act like he's on the level of the NFL or the MLB or NHL, Cole. But they announce their salaries. They announce everything they do. Why is the UFC always so, like, I, I understand why they're shy. Like, they want to keep this stuff on the wraps. But at the same time, you want to be a big sport. You want to be on ESPN. You want to be one of the major sports. Start talking about the finances a little bit more. Be a little bit more transparent about them. You know, so in this case, why not just say, hey, we're going to pay all the fighters to show money? You know, like, why is it not... Uh, out there in the news so that's one thing the second part is um 
for the media call, this is bad for us straight up. I mean, this is this is not good. I was so excited this week, Cole, honestly, because first off, me and you both have the same thing. The event probably shouldn't happen in the first place because, quite frankly, it doesn't make sense to have a UFC event right now with a global pandemic looming. It, it's nuts out there. So that doesn't make sense to me. But at the same time, Cole, me and you, we have to explain to the uh, listeners how we work. Me and Cole are essentially freelance freelancers. We're freelance writers, freelance podcasters. So we get paid when there's work. We get paid for what we do. We're not on salaries, really. So a lot of these guys at websites, the bigger websites, yeah, they can you know, do stuff that probably won't get as many clicks. But for guys like me and Cole, we need people to be reading our stories to get paid, basically. We need to make money, right? So I hope people understand that. Like, this hurts guys like us a lot. So on a selfish level, Cole, I'm sad. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm really sad because when I heard the news yesterday, I was like, this is going to hurt my pocket a lot. This is really going to hurt my wallet. And, uh, you know, I, I, I immediately sent Nick a message. Nick and Emory Oddsbreaker, he's just like, I can't believe this happening. Because he was like me. He's like, this is good for us. You know, um, we'll get the ball rolling again. This is great for the site. And now it's like up in the air, right? So, and it's not just Oddsbreaker. It's not just BJ Penn. It's every, really, every Emory website. And quite frankly, every sports website. We're all in the same boat right now. Everything's up in the air. You know, am I worried about my job employment? I would, I would love to say I'm not. But at the same point, at the same time, Cole, like, how long is this going to go on for? If this goes on for a month, I'm not worried. If it goes on for two months, I'm starting to get a little bit worried. If it goes on for three, four months, I'm worried as hell, Cole. You know what I mean? Like, who's who's the guarantee that I have a job when there's no events taking place? Like, why would I get paid if there's no events taking place? And that goes for all the MMA websites, you know? So this is bad for the media. I understand why a lot of the media were against the event, and I'm okay with it because the media's job and journalists' job is to report the facts and to give their opinion. At the same time, though, it sucks what happened, man. And I don't want to say it was the journalist's fault because it's not. No one – and I saw, like, that guy Jason Helps, who's a manager for a lot of fighters. I don't know if you saw his tweet last night, Cole. He's, like, basically blaming the media. He's like, this is your fault. This happened. I'm not giving you guys interviews anymore. That's a terrible take in my opinion. That's a really bad take in my opinion. I know you talked to Jason Cole. You've had interviews with this guys. From all accounts, he's a good manager. That's not what journalists is. We're not PR people. I think that's a lot of confusion in MMA especially. A lot of people think that us are we are we're us journalists are PR people. That is not our job. Our job is to give our opinion. Our job is to write about the news, report on the news. So I'm not against any of the big MMA writers that were out there kind of boycotting the event in, in a way. I think that was okay, Cole. But at the same time, on a selfish level, it hurts us so much, Cole. And I want to get your thoughts on it, man, on on the personal level. Yeah, like just like you said, like it's gonna hurt income wise. Like my income's probably cut. I don't want to say like the exact, but it's cut a significant <laughs> amount of me too, percentage. And who knows how long this can be? Like I have savings, like I can, but like who knows is going six months, two months, like it could last two weeks. Like this thing, like it's changing. It's not even changing by the day. It's like changing by like the hour. So no one really knows when this is going to end. Like we might have everything back to normal. Like May, like May 1st, everything might be back to normal. It might not be back to normal to like November. Like, that's yeah. the scary thing is no one yeah. knows when everything's going to go back to normal. No, you're 100% right, Cole. It is scary. And I just hope people understand, like, I made a tweet yesterday saying that, you know, this hurts us. And I had another journalist kind of come after me saying, well, you should put on your creative hat, be more creative and do some interviews and stuff. That stuff doesn't get clicks. I'm sorry to say it doesn't. Cole, you do a lot of interviews. I know that you have you do a great job with your interviews. But let's be honest, Cole. It's the news that is paying our bills. Let's be honest here, Cole. It's the breaking news. like. 
the story on Anthony Smith this week, I'll talk about that a little bit later with you, Cole. That one was one of our biggest stories this week. It was bigger than any of the interviews we did. So that kind of thinking is so stupid. It's so negative too. Us media should be banding together right now, not going against each other. And honestly, when I had that, when I heard that comment, when I when I read it, I was really disgusted with this guy. I immediately un unfollowed him because he's always kind of went after me. And I was just like, this guy is just a dick, like straight up. We should not be going against each other saying like, you know, be more creative and, and you know, you should be a better storyteller and stuff like that. Like I was actually quite offended to be honest with you, because I think I'm one of the better journalists and I'm having a hard time right now writing news because there's not much news. Um, I'm not a feature story writer like Chuck Manuel or Sean El Shadi. Those guys are great. They're they're amazing what they do. No doubt about it. They're also guys on salary. They're not too worried right now, Cole, because the athletic has tons of money. Guys like us, Cole, we are in a good spot. The website, BJ Penn is a great website. I love working for them. They paid us well. You know what I mean? So I have no problem with that. At the same time, though, Cole, I mean, like at the same, it's a business. So if BJ comes to us in a month or two, says, you know what, guys, ad revenue's down. We can't pay you right now. We'll bring you back whenever the sport comes back. I'm not going to be surprised at all, Cole. I hope it doesn't come to that, man. But I am worried. I know you're the same way, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you can do all these, like, original stories interviews, but some of them hit well, some of them don't. Like, like it's hard. The news is what gets everyone all the money. Like, 100%. And fight night coverage, too, right? We need events. Yeah, fight night coverage is one of, like, every site's, like, biggest night because yeah. it gets so easy to read. It's just you search UFC and all the top sites, their, like, results come up. People just click the results and be like, oh, what fights did I miss? What happened? Like, those are the biggest nights for websites, and those are now all gone. It's bad. I mean, Saturday night's always a big night for us, Cole, at BJ Penn. And, and, and every, every website I've ever worked for, like SureDog.com, I remember when I used to do the play-by-plays, those things got so many views. Like, So it, it's, it's bad for us. I mean, just like, again, on a selfish level, it's disappointing. And, um, you know, again, for the fighters, Cole, you got to feel bad for the fighters, man, because – this is not like other sports. This is not like the NBA, for instance. I just saw that they're paying their guys till April 15th. They're going to get that guaranteed paycheck. These guys are still rolling, like, especially NBA players. Like They're paid really well. Like The minimum salary, I think, in the NBA is like $1.5 or $2 million. You can sit on the end of the bench, not even play a second all season and get like $2 bucks, And they're still getting their paychecks. Guys in... And UFC, you're not getting paid anything right now, Cole, unless they're you know getting some sort of show money. Um, but that's it. So, yeah, it's dicey, man. Um, I want to get into the card in a second, but I do want to get to some comments here. We'll start with uh, well, Damon says, "What's up? How's it going, Damon?" Kevin Scott, Disney, Dana forcing Disney ESPN to pull the plug instead of the UFC is a very smart way for the UFC to keep from breaking their contract. That is a good point, Kevin, for sure. I think Dana, you know, he wanted the event to happen. In Actually, I was on the Fan 590 last night, Cole, and uh, basically what I was saying was Dana's always had a chip on his shoulder ever since the early days of the UFC, Cole. He's always been kind of uh, the dark horse. He's always had to work and grind. He's always had that mentality. So I think right now he was he thought everyone was going against him, but really it's just like this coronavirus is a bigger fight than anyone can imagine. So I do actually agree with your point, Kevin. Maybe that is part of it, but at the end of the day, the event just could not take place. David Blackburn, May 1st sounds good. It sounds good to me too, man. Is it realistic? I don't know. I know Cole mentioned that date as a possibility. I'd like to say it is Cole. Who knows? It could be June, July, November. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it's three weeks. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, no one knows. It could be next week, everything's back to normal. It could be a year, everything's back to normal. Like, that's the thing. No yeah. one knows. And the thing is, with this coronavirus, it's like, 
it's scary, right? Because it's coming in waves. So like this first wave could end like in a month, right? Then things go back to normal. They could you know, start the economy again. People go back to work. And then a month later, it could start again, which is scary as hell, right? Um, let's get to some more questions here. Kevin Scott keeps uh, UFC from losing money by not putting on the full number of events. I saw an article talking about this. Cool. I don't know if you saw that. I think it was the Wall Street Journal saying that they basically have to do like 1.5 events for every week for the rest of the year to catch up from what they missed now. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing events like uh, Wednesday, Saturday or something, like a card during the week or do like a Friday, Sunday or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing two cards. I know I talked to Mike Winklejohn about that. He said he doesn't think doing two events in one weekend is realistic. He said just setting up all the octagon, that's extra money. He thinks a way to do it is just longer cards and get fighters more fights and try to work out a deal with ESPN that way and say like there's more broadcast time or whatever and then all the fighters get their fights. Yeah. Yeah, they have to get offer the fighters three fights a year, but I do believe that there's like a uh, like a god clause in the contract where like an act of god or whatever, like someone that this kind of thing happens. And it's like for all businesses really, they can kind of delay that that contract. It kind of tolls a little bit, so that probably it, that, there's probably something in the contracts that say like we can't offer you three fights because we can't hold fights right now. Kevin Scott, no offense to you guys. I love your show. My without fights on my horizon, I found my appetite for MMA podcast articles dropping way more than I thought it would. Totally understandable, Kevin. Again, I'm only doing two podcasts a week. However, the numbers have actually been pretty good lately because I think people want something to do. And me and Cole are here to talk about MMA. I'm here to talk about MMA. I would like to do five podcasts a week, but unfortunately, financially, it doesn't make sense for the site to do that right now. So two podcasts a week. I mean, I, I hope it stays at two. It could drop to one at some point. I'm, I'm not going to be surprised. You know, Nick's told me two. Um, actually, I should mention, Nick was supposed to come on today, guys. Nick was going to join me today at 12 o'clock, and we were going to break down the odds for UFC 249. That obviously changed. I told, I actually sent Nick a message yesterday. I was like, hey, uh, did you hear the news? He's like, what news? He's like, don't tell me. I'm like, yeah, I got canceled. He's like, no. He's like, okay, I'm not coming on because I'm too sad. Get Cole to come on. <laughs> so I got Cole to come on instead because, you know, Cole can hide his tears. But uh, Nick, was, <laughs> Nick was devastating. Because a guy like Nick, Cole, like he makes his yeah. like, this is his living, and it's our living too. But for Nick, like he's been in this business longer than us. Well, this is this is bad for a guy like him. So he needs odds to work. He needs fights to happen. So it's terrible for him. The sports books are there's no money coming in right now, Cole. Like it's really bad. Vegas is like a it's a dead zone right now. So it, it's bad. So I totally understand what you're saying, Kevin. I will say that you know based on the numbers I saw last month at BJ Penn, they were great for me. So I think people are still reading, but it depends again what reading people will read the story about anthony smith some guy breaking his home and fighting him people want to read that but an interview with a guy that was scheduled to fight next week i don't know if that gets clicked so it just depends on the type of article you're going to do for sure the next few months we're gonna have to put our creative hat we actually opened like a creative uh articles chat room in our in our uh, company chat at bj penn so we'll all kind of help each other out in that sense but again we all know cole that it's news and events that drive the numbers so it's not going to be surprised when the numbers do go down a little bit. Hopefully they don't get devastated completely. But I do think at the end of the day, people are at home and they still need something to read and entertain themselves. Like I still read the MMA websites. I still read actually other sports websites. I follow all the other sports too. So I'm still reading that stuff because people want something to do. But at the same time, for sure, without events, without big fights on the horizon, it's not good. Um, Marcus3TV, hey, Marcus, how are you? Um, as a business owner, I can understand why Dana White wanted to keep his business open. I didn't like how so many MMA journalists against Dana White succeeding with UFC 249. Marcus, you can let me know if your bookstore is still open. You can throw it in the chat. I'm assuming it's closed. 
but throw it in the chat. Maybe you're doing some sort of like online thing right now. I'm not too sure, but definitely I know what he's saying. Uh, Cole, Dana wants the business open. He, he's a businessman. I wanted the business open because I we're business people too, Cole. We're self-employed people. So we needed the event to happen. When he says so many journalists were against Dana White, let's be honest, Cole, most of the journalists that were really rallying against the event from happening were the higher paid journalists that really don't have to worry as much. I didn't see too many guys like in our position, Cole, that were actively campaigning against it. I'm not saying that was really a bad thing. If you were one of the journalists saying, I don't think this event should happen and this is why, because the fighters are um, could be sick and all that. Like I totally understand that. It's health and safety. I get that. I had no problem with them saying that. Yeah. Even and you in the podcast call, we were like, we probably don't think that that's gonna happen, but we need it to happen. So we totally understand that. But uh yeah, uh, any thoughts on that, Cole? Any thoughts on what Marcus said? Yeah, it's definitely interesting just because like I don't think they were against Dana White. I think it was just because it's a like everything's shut down. Like businesses are closed, all the other sports leagues are closed. Like it, it's nothing against Dana White since like this is kind of the right thing to do. And what happens if one fighter gets it? And then what's going to happen? It's like it's just more keeping everyone safe that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kevin Scott, Akimoto saying May 9th, optimistic and feasible. We'll see. I mean, they come on, man. Like they they, they said April 18th was optimistic feasible. So I don't know. Like Dana and Akimoto, listen, he's he's got his job. He's essentially a, he is a PR guy for the UFC at this point. Like he's he used to be like a, a, a really like uh, direct kind of journalist, but now he's more of a PR guy because he works for ESPN, which is his job. And he's he you know he he's doing really well in his career, so I have nothing to say about that. But I mean, I'm pretty sure Dana White told him that. Like so, you know, we'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see May 9th. I'd love to see UFC 250 go on without a hitch. I don't think it's going to happen. Cole, Marcus Three TV. If people think coronavirus is bad, wait till you see the negative impact over 70 million. Thought jobs will be store clerks, store clerks, millions of people daily. No demand to close stores. He says he's still open. I'm surprised you're still open, but um, good for you, man. I'm glad you are. Um, for sure, Cole, uh, the negative impact is, is is right there. We already see that. I mean, in the States, there's so many people, so it's even worse. But in Canada, I know that like 15% of the workforce applied for the CERB, which is like a $2,000 a month benefit for people that are not working because of coronavirus. Having said that, I've been reading a lot about this in the last few days cool a lot of people are still working and they did apply for it anyway so they're collecting an extra check which you're not supposed to do so i don't know if the government's going to you know come back and haunt them next year and get their money back but a lot of people were collecting this paycheck um and uh you have to have been completely laid off so a guy like me who's seen his hours reduced i don't qualify for this which i think is complete garbage so maybe that will change in the coming days or something like that cool but at least our government is doing something. I don't want to get political at all. I just know that there's a lot of Americans that are struggling right now. So hopefully you guys have a solution soon. And I hope there's a solution for guys like myself and for Cole too, that had our hours and our work reduced, but we're still working and we don't technically qualify for this. Although again, Cole, a lot of people are frauding the system right now and it's very tempting to do so, but I don't, I don't want to. I don't want the tax man running after me because, like that, you don't want the tax man running after. No, me. that's the worst guy to get it's after. Yeah, not worth it. It's not worth it. Anyways, uh, Kevin Scott. People complain when they want to do the show. They complain when Gaethje pulled out. Then complain when Gaethje stepped. Or sorry, when Khabib pulled out. Complain when Gaethje stepped in. Then complain when it got canceled. People love to complain. Welcome to the MMA community, my friend. People complaining for years. All right, um, let's talk about the card itself, Cole. So. They announced the card this week. Card, cool. The card was pretty sick, man. I liked the card a lot. You know, was it a pay-per-view, $65 show? I don't know if it would have did that many numbers because I think people don't want to pay for it. 
I think the pay-per-view model is outdated now. I don't think it works anymore. I think it should all be on TV. You know, that's what I think, Cole. This would have been the perfect card to have on ESPN. People are home. They wanted to watch some fights. The perfect card, especially with these fights that they had. So let's talk about some of the fights. It was announced this week that Ferguson was going to fight Gaethje. Um, I love that fight. I know you did a pros picks. You want to talk about the pros picks and, and just your thoughts on that matchup? Yeah, it was a good, obviously, card. I, I was kind of surprised a lot of the – I normally ask 10 for pay-per-views and then some like 7 to 8 for fight night main events. The pay-per-views, it was 6-3 and one person that was kind of undecided. But six people picked Gaethje to win and all people picked Gaethje to win were first-round knockout. They thought they were, he was going to get Ferguson out of there quickly. A lot of them broke down pretty good. They said, look at every Ferguson fight, like Anthony Pettis, Cerrone, Kevin Lee. He gets hit a lot. If you can't get hit that much by Gaethje until you're going out. But Ferguson has a chance. It would have been really interesting. I was leaning towards Ferguson on that fight. I think he just has the better cardio. I think he was the one training. I think he had the more tools to win. But it was definitely going to be – I would have not been shocked if I saw Gaethje win by knockout. I was really looking forward to the fight, Cole. I'm not going to lie. They're two of my favorite fighters. Anyone mm-hmm. listening to this podcast know how much I love Justin Gage. I've loved this guy since I saw him in WSOF. I think it was back in 2012 or 2013. The first time I ever saw him, I was like, damn, this guy's good. I knew he was going to be good. I remember I used to say, this guy's going to be a future champion in the UFC. People laughed at me. They're like, he's in WSOF. That doesn't mean anything. Look at him now. He's really good. Having said that, I was I was all over Ferguson, especially at that number, Cole. He was like, I think he was like minus 145, if I'm not mistaken. I'm checking right now. Minus 185. So the odds went up a bit. The odds are still available, but obviously this fight's not happening. Um, I I would have probably bet on Ferguson because I, I think he would have won the fight goal. And I think that the value was there because I think he could have been a bigger favorite. Full training camp, obviously not the right training camp because he's not training with other people. Same with, with Gaethje, but he, I think, would have won that fight goal personally. Let's talk about some of the other fights in the card goal um, because, again, I thought this card was really good, man. Um Co-main event was supposed to be, we should talk about this, Andrade and Nam and Yunus, the rematch. I was First of all, I was surprised Nam and Yunus was listed as like a minus 225 favorite. I was like really surprised considering I was at that fight last year. Cole. I know it was, she was doing well early. She got knocked out with a slam. Why was she such a big favorite in the rematch? Doesn't make sense. Coming off a year-long layoff. Anyway, she ended up pulling out of the fight due to, okay, so <laughs> this is something we got to talk about too, Cole. Nam and Yunus pulled out and immediately the disgusting lowlifes in the MMA community went after her saying she's a wimp, saying that, uh, you know, she's still got anxiety from the bus attack. And then we found out yesterday, two of her family members passed away from coronavirus. That's why she pulled out. I was disgusted when I read those comments. Cole, I know you're feeling the same way. Yeah. It's like, why do I hate when people say the worst thing is in MMA is, Oh, he's scared to fight that. I know. Person. Stupid. These guys are fighting a cage early, man. These girls. no one's scared of anyone to fight. Like, anyone scared of the cage? Cool. I have the utmost respect for. I, you know, James. We talked about this last week. I had one Muay Thai smoker. I think it was 2014 or 2015. I got my ass kicked, and I was like, "Wow, I can't believe what these guys do." And that's just like sparring, essentially. These guys do that like for training. The fight itself, cool, is brutal. So to me, it's like anyone steps in the cage. I have the utmost respect for. I've always respected it. It's a tough sport, brutal sport. Fans that were saying that about Rose were disgusting. But anyways, yeah, as far as that fight goes, I would have – I don't know who I would have picked. I probably got Drodge because the odds were so, like, lopsided as an underdog. But Rose could have won that fight too. Some of the other fights in the card that were scheduled, uh, Greg Hardy versus DeCastro, again, a rescheduled fight. I I would have taken DeCastro as an underdog. Same, yeah. yeah, you would have too. At plus 155. Nagano truck was an interesting one to me. Um, Nagano probably was going to win that fight, Cole, but plus 250 was very tempting to take 
uh, Yair as an underdog. I'm pretty sure you're feeling the same way about that. Yeah, that fight I thought was kind of like a dog or pass. You're only betting Rosenstruck, I don't think. Especially at heavyweight with both those guys. They're probably the hardest punchers at heavyweight. All it needs is one. And we saw Rosenstruck can go. He has pretty good cardio. He went five rounds with Overeem. And his power, we saw against Overeem, that his power is still there in the fifth round. So he could have maybe connected something early or late. And all it takes for those guys is just one good punch. You'd be losing... 14 and a half minutes and just land one and there's the fight yeah i agree with you i mean i really don't know i probably would have picked francis honestly but as far as the odds go cool like i would have told people throw a few bucks on yair because at those odds it's crazy cater stevens was an interesting fight again a rebooked fight i would have taken cater though yeah i know stevens is durable it probably was going to a decision call I'm, I'm assuming uh stevens was not going to get knocked out because he's got a good chin but i would have taken cater by decision there the Souza hall fight was a great fight as well another fight that was uh, rescheduled I would have taken Souza, I think. I know he's a little bit older, Cole, but I just feel like he's the more well-rounded guy. Although I know that uh, you're pretty high on your right hall. Maybe you would have taken him as a dog or... And that was a close fight. I was leaning towards Jacare, but I would not have been shocked if Hall won that fight just because of yeah. how good his take on events was against Carlos Jr. But I thought if he could do that against Souza, he went on the feet. But yeah, it, it, was a, it was a really close fight and a really interesting fight that I hope they rebook once this is all back to normal. Yeah, I was, I was definitely feeling the same way. I actually did pick Hall against uh, Carlos Jr. He was a big underdog in that fight. But uh, in this one, I don't know. I probably would have taken Jock Ray. And actually, Jock Ray is another guy I should talk about quickly, Cole. He admitted he was scared to fight on this court, but he said, I have to fight because I need to pay the bills to support my family and I need to pay for my home. It's sad when, they're, when it comes to the decision of risking your life and potentially catching this coronavirus thing or fighting in the cage. Like, and to I'll be honest, Cole, it probably wasn't a hard choice because – they had to fight to, to make their money. Um, some of the other fights in the card, oh, I was really looking forward to this one. They announced this one, Cole. Vicente Luque versus Nico Price, too. I mean, that had fight of the night written all over it. Like, And there was a lot of fight of the night potential on this card, but that one was going to be ridiculous. They have fought before. Luque won by submission. I would have taken Price, though, I think, a plus 230, Cole. I'm not going to lie. What were you? I would have picked Luque to win, but the betting line, it's all towards Price. Absolutely, yeah. You're probably right about that. Um, some of the other fights, Alexander Hernandez versus Omar Morales. I think I was leaning a bit towards Hernandez. I didn't love the odds. He's plus 240. Don't love the odds there. I guess you're the same way. Yeah, but I was interested. What would you, who were you going to pick when it was Hernandez and Makachev? Uh, Makachev. Yeah. I think I would have taken Makachev. You too, or? Yeah, I was leaning Islam. Yeah. Um, some of the other fights, again, uh, Marlon Vera versus Ray Bork, minus 50. <laughs> I was thinking Vera. I thought Vera was – I talked to Vera last night or, yeah, I guess yesterday morning, afternoon, before everything got canceled. And I was looking yeah. at the odds before, and I'm like, you're an underdog? And he was surprised yeah. he was the underdog. He's like, what the hell? He's like, well, I'm telling my family to bet on me then. Dude, that was, that was value on him. He's so underrated. Um, he's improved so much. And his odds are always low. Like, I remember when he fought Andre Ewell, he was like minus 130, I think. I was like, whoa, how is he that much, how, that low of, an under, of a favorite? He's a really good fighter, and uh, I think he would have won this fight. Ray Burke, I hate to say it, he's pretty overrated at this point. Like, he doesn't make weight, he barely fights, and he doesn't win that often anymore. Um, Common Worthy versus Michael Johnson. That's a tough one, Cole, but it's kind of tempting to take Worthy, right, at plus 185. I was leaning towards Michael Johnson. I just think. Yeah. I don't know enough about Comworthy. I, I don't know if that's how good he is or if that was just kind of a good showing for him and just like landed the right punch at the right time. But 
he's definitely showed he has power and legit like one punch knockout power. Absolutely. You know what? Michael Johnson probably is the better fighter, but he hasn't looked that great lately. I, I think people would have been unworthy. Uh, and just two other fights that were announced for that. Ryan Spann versus Sam Malvey. You got to take Ryan Spann yeah. in that fight. The fight was uh, Eubanks versus Morris. Again, Eubanks probably would have won that fight. So uh, it's too bad we were I was going to get Cole on Monday. Cole was going to come on a Monday at 10 a.m. We're going to break down the card. You guys heard our picks anyways. If the card ends up happening, I, I mean, you could you have the right to change our picks. But, uh, yeah, it was going to be a good card. All right, a couple more questions here. Kevin Scott, Rose being such a huge favorite over Andrade was insane. Rewatching the first fight, the first round was a lot closer in people's memories in your call. And then Andrade Hulk smashed, Hulk slammed her dead. I was there for that fight, Kevin, in Brazil, really close to the cage for that one. Rose, I think, did win the first round. She landed some good shots, but I mean, Andrade was kept coming forward, and that slam was insane. She's so powerful. She's just like a, a beast, and she was coming forward, and uh, she's just dangerous. So yeah, I, I would have taken Andrade. Terry Crow, what's next for the UFC and future promotions? We were going to get to this, so might as well answer it now. I don't know. I mean, at this point, we don't know. Yeah, it's no way. one knows. I'm sorry, man. I know it's not a good answer, but no one knows, like Cole said. It's a day-by-day thing, Cole. I'm pretty sure you agree with me on that. Yeah, like, that's the thing. No one knows what next week is going to be. Like, no one knows what next month's going to be like, so it's hard to tell yeah. when sports are going to be back. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, a lot. I, I hate to say this because – we live in the bubble too, but a lot of MMA fans really live in this bubble where nothing else exists besides MMA. There's a lot of other stuff going on in the world right now, you know? So a lot of fans were like, oh, I really want to see this card. Like, I need to be entertained. There's more to, like, life than just being entertained. Like, your health, your family, your safety. Last night or yesterday too, because I was bored, I watched every single Gaethje UFC fight. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I've already seen them all, but they're all always entertaining. So I just watched them all again. How about that Alvarez fight? That was oh, even the Poirier one. That poor, like the Alvarez and Poirier one were so good, dude. The Alvarez fight was like one one going into that third round. That knee was like, <laughs> that was the most brutal knee I've ever seen. It was so nasty, and the and the Poirier fight was like ridiculous. The guy's insane. The Michael Johnson fight was one of the greatest fights oh, of all yeah. time. Such a good fight, right? So. Love that guy. I know what you're saying. But I, actually, I made this point the other day. If you're a new fan especially, go back right now, watch the fights, and catch up on what you missed. And this goes for Cole too because I know, Cole, you haven't seen all the early events. Go back and watch them, you know. This is the great thing about Fight Pass and the internet right now. You have the availability to watch all these fights. When I got in the sport, there was no Fight Pass. I And I talked about this the other day. I used to go to all the thrift stores, like the movie stores in Toronto, and find all the DVDs, used DVDs, and I built up my collection. I watched them all like that. I have a crazy collection of MMA, and I don't watch them anymore, but I watched them when I got in the sport, and I was like, well, this is cool. So that's the best way to learn about the sport, by watching the beginning and watch to now. Look at the evolution of the sport. Okay, some other things we're going to talk about here. Um, Okay, so I should mention that UFC 241 was canceled, but all upcoming events have been postponed slash canceled too. So it's not just UFC 249. It's all the events. They're all going to be pushed back or whatever, including UFC 250, which is my next point here, Cole. So UFC 250 was scheduled to be Jose Aldo versus Henry Cejudo in the main event in Brazil. The fight was moved to uh, Tachi Palace, I believe, as well. That was going to be, I think, the last card, or maybe it was fine. Actually, no, it was, it was the last card at Tachi Palace. They were going to do four events there. They were going to do... UFC 249, UFC Nebraska, UFC Oklahoma City, and UFC 250. Those are the four events that were going to take place at Tachi Palace. And afterwards, it was going to take place at Fight Island, which we have not talked about yet, and I want to talk to you about Fight Island. But first, I do want to talk about UFC 250. It was announced the other night by Dominic Cruz that he was going to get the title shot. 
And I was just like, oh, really? Like this guy, like, I'm sorry, but he didn't deserve the title shot. You think Aldo didn't? Dominic Cruz not won a fight since January 2016 against TJ Dillashaw. That's the last fight he won. He did not deserve to walk over these other guys. I get that it's hard to find people to fight right now. But cool, I was like, really? Like he's getting the title shot? Come on. Like you could have easily had Corey Sanhagen get that shot instead. He's looking for a fight. He would have been more deserving, in my opinion. When you heard Dominic Cruz going to get that hell shot, what were your thoughts? And again, it doesn't matter now because the fight's not happening, but I just want to hear what your thoughts were when you saw it. Yeah, it's like, I kind of get it because I don't agree with it because Sterling has said he's not going to fight. There's no gym. And then yeah. Sandhagen was really the only other option because Yan's not going to get it because he's in Russia. Chance of him getting back. Marais just fought for it. But that's the thing. Dominic Cruz does not... I saw people at Derby and they go, oh, the king could get his throne back, or he deserves it more than Aldo. How does he deserve more than Aldo? Do I didn't. I saw Peter Yan's tweet to him. Peter Yan's, and I didn't realize this is true. Peter Yan has more UFC wins than Dominic Cruz at this yeah. point, which is crazy. Peter Yan yeah. is so new to the UFC, and he has more wins than Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz's last fight was when Ronda Rousey fought Amanda Nunes, and everyone talked about how long ago that was. That was Cruz's last fight, and he got absolutely dominated by Cody Carver. That fight wasn't close. Garbrandt dropped him so many times. He was dancing over him. Like it was a blowout. And yeah. people think he deserves a title shot after being dominated his last fight out and not fighting since 2016 or 2017, yeah. I guess it was. Uh, yeah. And I know you did the article on the Bantamweight Goat. You asked the fighters. I think Cruz won, yeah. won the he won, right? I, I feel like that's a kind of a toss-up division. Like you could have easily saved Brow, but the way he flamed out at the end the way Dillashaw tested positive um, and Kevin Scott Cruz's last win was favoring on TJ. Sorry, you're right. It was uh, your right favor in their trilogy, I think. Yeah. My bad. But uh, the last fight that, like you said, Cole, Cole said, his last fight was December 2016 against uh, Cody Garbrandt on the same card that Amanda Nunes knocked out Ronda Rousey on. That was a long time ago. Ronda hasn't fought since then. Cruz hasn't fought since then. That'd be like Ronda Rousey coming back and fighting Nunes for the belt again, Cole. Yeah. Like, Difference. Tell me what the difference is. There's there is none. none. She's the band and wait go, right? That would have been the same thing. Would you guys be cool with Ronda Rousey saying, I'm coming out of retirement to fight Nunez? No one would have. I mean, people would have watched it, but did she deserve it? No. So I wasn't too big a fan. You know, I, I made the comment that Peter Yon should have got it. I agree with that still, but Yon was not going to be able to come into the States due to the travel ban. So he's kind of out of the question. But to me, they could ask San, I think San Hagen would have taken that fight, Cole. From all accounts, he wants to fight really bad. He had that fight with Edgar pulled out from him. And uh, I think Sterling would have deserved it more. I don't know if he would have fought because he's been kind of he's been actually been one, you know, people are blaming the media, but there's fighters like Sterling that have said, I don't want to fight right now. So it's not just the media, it's also the fighters. A couple uh, another question from Kevin. Anyone confirms Cruz actually at the top, or is it just two on Cruz agreeing something UFC never offered either? It was never official. It combate reported and then Malky Call, who's now Cruz yeah. now with them, said, Yeah, this is done deal. We it's happening. Correct. His manager did say on social media that the fight was happening. So I think it was a done deal, however, the UFC did ever officially announced it. But again, so many moving parts right now, it'd be hard for them to do that. Okay, I want to talk about the fight island thing because we haven't yet. Um <laughs> when I saw this when TMZ reported this this week, I, I had to dude, I was I was like, Am I high right now? Am I reading this probably? Like, what's going on here? This is, is this real? I, I couldn't believe it. It's so crazy that it actually might work. Cool. It's so nuts. First off, where the hell is this island? Is in the middle of the ocean? Like, where is it? Second off, is this actually going to happen? I don't know, Cole. What do you think? 
I don't think it's going to happen because every island's pretty much owned by every country. So you're going to fall into that country's jurisdiction. Yeah. And like, he keeps on saying, oh, we're building everything on the island. How are people even supposed to get to the island? Because countries' airports are like shut down. No one's allowed to leave their countries. So you can have an island, but how are any fighters even supposed to get there? Yeah, I know. It's, uh... It, <laughs> I thought it was a joke at first, and maybe it was, maybe it is something just to, maybe it was something to just throw off the scent of where the actual location yeah, was. That they're building infrastructure, I mean, who knows? Right? I know, that's what I, I thought it was, until he kept on saying it once the event was canceled. He goes, oh yeah, we're still doing Fight Island. I'm like, this thing wasn't a joke. He says they're going to start the fights again in a month, so that's what Dana says, who knows? That's what Kevin was saying earlier when he said May 9th. We'll see. Um, I'm not going to lie. When I when I saw this, it, I posted the tweet of it. It reminded me of the island in Doctor uh, Doctor Evil's island in Austin Powers School. You know, Dana White kind of looks like uh, Doctor Evil a little bit too, which is the funny part. I was like, you got sharks, and you got lasers, you got a cage in the middle of nowhere. I'm not going to lie though, man. I was pretty excited to watch those fights. Like, I was like, how's this going to work? Like, I'm assuming it would have been like a contender series thing where you have like minimal people in the audience or something. But who knows? I mean, it's Dana White's own island, right? Like. Did he buy an island? Is he that rich? He's got an island. Like, where is this island? Again, it was for the international fighters, from what I've read. But I guess they would have did some Americans on that card as well. Had some Americans on that card. We really have no idea. Um, again, Dana White says that this is going to happen. Kevin Scott is Epstein's island on the market now. No comment on that. All right. Um, Anthony Smith. we got to talk about this. So this was a crazy story. Probably one of the biggest stories this week. Anthony Smith. We're on Ariel's show, and he talked about uh, home invasion. Um, basically, I'll do the Coles <laughs> the Coles notes. He woke up at four a.m. or his wife woke him up and said, "There's someone in the house." And he went into like his computer room. He said and there was a guy in the room screaming at the top of his lungs, and he said he basically got into a life life and death struggle with this guy. And he said this guy was 170 pounds, and he landed every shot he could, every punch, kick, elbow, and knee. And this guy took all the shots, kept coming forward. Eventually, he was able to subdue him. The cops arrived on the scene. Um, you know, I saw, oh man, I saw some dumb people. First off, the guy got woken in the middle of the night with someone in his house. He admitted he was terrified. I would have been terrified too, Cole. I mean, anyone would have. I think the fact that Anthony Smith actually was like, I was scared for my life, makes him so much more human. Like, yes, MMA fighters are barbarians and they're gladiators. They're also people, Cole. They're human beings. Imagine you got woken in the middle of the night at four in the morning with some dude is in your house, screaming at the top of his lungs, and he's going to possibly murder your family. I mean, anyone would have been scared. So I think that Anthony Smith saying I was frightened and scared and afraid for my life and for my family that made him so much human and I, if anything i gained even more respect for anthony smith and i already liked anthony smith a lot so i thought that was really good for him to actually say that um the other thing is people have to understand this guy that he fought was probably so high on like meth and crack this guy was able to do things that a normal human being was not able to do that's why he was able to fight him off like this it wasn't like a one it wasn't a, a, a fair fight this guy was barged into his house in the middle of the night and attacked him, basically. Cole, I was very surprised when I heard the story. I was glad Anthony was okay. I'm sure Anthony's not feeling great right now because um, the fight with Glover just got canceled as well, and he's going to lose the income from that fight, and then this happened to him. So obviously it's a tough time for him. But what were your thoughts when you heard this story, Cole? Because it was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. And it's like – it just shows like – any everyone thinks fighters aren't like humans they're everything but like you said it just showed that they're all humans like anyone if someone's breaking into your house at any in the middle of the night you're woken up to someone in your house everyone would be scared for their lives and anthony smith even admitted he's like i was ready to die in that fight like protecting his family and like 
that's kind of everyone's kind of worst nightmare is waking up or getting someone breaking into your house in the middle of the night. You like them like standing over top of you or you find them in your house. Like I know some people would probably try to hide. It was good that Anthony Smith fought him off and protect his family that way. But that's, a, it's a scary thing for everyone. Easily. This guy snuck into his garage in the middle of the night and like entered his home. He could have easily had a gun or a knife or something. Like I would have been terrified too. So again, and when I saw this story, I was just like, wow. Have you interviewed Anthony? I think you have, right? No, I, I've talked to his coach a bunch, though. So. Well, I think that'd be a guy you should talk to eventually, Cole, because he's, he's actually a very insightful guy. Yeah. And uh, he actually has a lot more fights than I think people realize. I think he's got like 50-something fights. Like, he started fighting very early. He's a guy that actually lost a lot of fights early in his career and really turned it around and uh, became a contender. It sucks that fight with Glover Teixeira was off. Uh, I don't know if you saw Glover's comments the other day. Did you see what he said about John Jones? I, I put the yeah. article on. So basically, Glover said he should be suspended for your John Jones. But in the article, <laughs> he actually admitted to driving drunk himself. He's like, I've driven drunk before. I wasn't hammered, but I've had some beers and drive. I was surprised he said that. Well, I'm not going to lie. Like, he almost incriminated himself in a way. But, uh, you know, you know what? He, he basically was saying, like, John Jones should be punished. And, he, and he's not wrong with that. Um, Joe Rogan, John Anik, we got to talk about them quickly. Cole, so Joe Rogan originally said, I'm not going to do the card. Then he said he, you know, he wasn't sure. John Anik said he didn't want to commentate the card. But he said, if I'm deemed an essential worker to my boss and to the sport, I, I will do the card. But he said his wife was really upset with him. Those guys are in such a top position, Cole. Because if John Anik says to Dana White, I'm sorry, I can't do the card. My wife doesn't want me to. What happens to John Anik in this job? He probably gets fired right away, right? So he was in such a tough position. And I can't blame him for, again, admitting he was frightened, Cole. Like, let me ask you a question. Dana White was going to allow media to go to this card. Hypothetically, I guess I have your answer already, but hypothetically, had you had credentials and they invited you, would you have went to this event? No. Yeah, me either. I wouldn't have either. I, I would not have. And one, one guy, and Casey Layden is, like, really good at his job. He's a videographer for MMA Fighting. A lot of people were calling him a hypocrite this week because he was one of the journalists that was really up in arms against the UFC doing the event. But then when they said they're going to do an Apache Palace, he's like, all right, I guess I'm going to go to Apache Palace as we begin to cover the fights. People are like, what are you talking about? Like you said, you're not going to do the event. He's like, well, I need to put food in my table. And that's the position a lot of the media were in, Cole, where they were forced to basically take the risk of going to this event and contracting coronavirus or staying at home and not covering it. To me, the great thing about MMA and the great thing about sports in 2020, Cole, you actually don't have to physically be at these events to cover them. You can stay at home and cover them. Someone there will post the the, uh, the scrums online. You can transcribe the interviews. Like it's not that hard. So to me, it's like there for me there wouldn't have been a question if they had said you want to come out. I would have said no. Sorry guys, I'm not doing it. I didn't have to face that question. But again, a guy like Casey was in a tough position where it's like MMA fighting obviously would have sent someone to that card call because it's a big website. But at the same time, he was obviously understandably nervous about getting something because it's not just about us cool it's like you know just say you call just say you go to the event right and you're fine but just say you do have something you pass it on to your dad then what your dad's an older guy right so it's like then he's in he's at risk of getting really sick so it's it's one of these things and this is why i don't know what you call but i've been staying home i've been social distancing i know you've gone for some jogs and stuff but i have not gone out like the only place i've gone to is the grocery store which honestly grocery store terrifies me right now like i'm all bundled up with gloves and, and and I'm being careful to stay the hell away from everyone. But even then, I'm still freaked out that, like, someone that coronavirus touched the cereal box and I touched it. Like, who knows what's going to happen, right? Like, it's it's a freaky thing. I could not imagine traveling on an airplane right now. You see Alistair Overeem's tweet the other day. He went from Holland to the States. Now he's got to go back home, Cole. 
and there was no one in the airplane or in the airport. It's a crazy thing. Okay, so we're pretty much done here, Cole. I know you got to get going to uh, your other job, your uh, your job at CBC. But is there anything else that we want to talk about here before we get out of here, Cole? Is there anything else that happened this week? Because obviously, I've been on John this week. Anything else you want to mention? No, I think that's everything. Okay, you got it. Okay, good. Any last second questions here? One last one from Kevin. Hundred percent. It will be scary some way. Anthony Smith, weapons do exist. A little twerking, literally killing a guy with a well-placed bullet well, or a well-timed takedown. You are 100% correct, my man. Cole, plug yourself. Let's get out of here. At Twitter, I call Shell 91. Did all the divisional goats. The final one should be up to the It's just the overall. Talk to Winkle John. Just have some stories up. He's saying home. He's been told home's one win away from getting another title shot, which is a classic Holly home thing. And then what was surprising is it was up yesterday as he said, it's time for John Jones to take the big fights and go up to heavyweight. You've never really heard his coaches. His coaches always said they want to clean out light heavyweight. I think these past couple of fights, they maybe said, if you're going to lose, let's lose at heavyweight. But it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens to John Jones once this is all back to normal. Oh, I will be for sure. You guys can follow me on Twitter at MMAdamMartin. I'm always there to answer your questions. If you ever want to talk about MMA, send me a message, and I'll be absolutely willing to answer your questions. Also check me out, obviously, at djpen.com, mmaoddsbreaker.com. That's the, our home of the podcast here. And mmarings.net, I'm still doing my series of articles on, like, matchmaking for future matchups, especially now that the fights are all broken up. You know, the one thing I'll say, Cole, is this is almost like a fresh start again for the UFC. Like, they can scrap every fight they've booked and, and rebook all the fights. So a guy like Aldo, as much as, you know, he wanted the title shot, when it comes back, probably give it to Yan instead because he deserves it more the timing works out. So we'll see what happens. Like that's an example of something. So we'll figure out what they do. But in the meantime, guys, again, follow my writing, follow my podcasts. I'm going to be here as long as they let me keep doing the podcast. I'll be doing as much writing as I can. If they tell me to stop, I will. But uh, in the meantime, I'll be here talking about May. I'll try my best to keep uh, things fresh. And I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate the support. Guys, stay safe, stay vigilant. Have a good one. And Cole, thanks again for joining me, man. Have a good one, guys. Bye.